and welcome to the third episode of the Roundtable Rehab with your co-hosts Michael and Rohan. Michael, how are you going? Good, man. Fucking tired. You seem a bit tired. <laughs> We're both a bit tired and run down. It's been a very busy last few weeks, heading yeah. at the end of the year. All it's the been power- fun, though. Yeah, fun. All the powerlifting meets that we've been to. So we've been away for the last couple of weeks, tending to some big events. Uh, we had the USAPL Nationals over the weekend, last weekend. Yeah, that was good. That was good. good. We had the GBC push-pull meet, and then we also had the APL Christmas Cup, which was just, yeah, the Sunday that passed, which was a really good meet as well. So, today's topic, common lower back injuries in the gym. Funnily enough, we saw a lot of them at the powerlifting meets, didn't we? Did, we did. Especially Um, on Saturday at the USAPL. On the Saturday, it was probably around, I don't know, maybe seven to eight lower backs that were all from squatting predominantly. Squatting, interesting. Squatting. Not even more deadlifts. From, nah, more from squatting. Not many from deadlifts. One from deadlifts, but um, and it was just like just yeah. too inflamed, and just couldn't really come back from it. So he decided to not do his third attempt. Yeah, we're um, busy. We're busy that we're day. We're busy. It was like a ten-hour day on the Saturday. We're churning them. Well, for me out. anyway. Churning them out, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, what, yeah. what do you reckon constitutes a lot of that lower back pain these lifters are experiencing during the meets? Like, you know, they come in to compete. The peak performance they've already done all the prep required why are they why are they kind of getting that lower back pain during their their, their squats oh it could be so many different things it could be not tapering correctly like pushing themselves a little bit too much fatigue management a couple of people were uh had covid coming into the competition took poor a week off training i hate more yeah uh poor comp prep pretty much lack of accessory exercises needed pretty well yeah more so like just poor load poor loading management and yeah. like shit like that right so they would, like a lot of people that I know, um, uh, might not uh, or might push a little bit too much, too quick and not really listen to their body and start to feel like, you know, really wrecked by that taper period. Uh, whereas you should, well, in my opinion, I feel like as you're coming into your competition, you shouldn't feel too wrecked. Otherwise, that can increase the risk of injury just because you're tired, you're fatigued, you're not, you know, thinking correctly your recovery probably isn't that high at the moment. So there's a lot of so different factors. The loads itself, because yeah. when when you're doing a powerlifting prep, you generally start with like, you know, your hypertrophy, not even hypertrophy, but your high high volume, lower intensity work. And then as the, the meat kind of gets closer and closer, you dial in higher in the intensity, higher in the weight. So it's more strain on the structures and nervous system as well. So Yeah, pretty much. And there's also the fact that a lot of people just don't have the best technique. <laughs> as well which is That's a the, fucking huge one yeah it's a huge one or even being able to brace correctly uh well yeah it's, well that's part of it right Bracing so spastics yeah exactly i was like all right let's do some dead bugs there's like like for example someone came with like to me with like corporate um uh, no, sorry low back pain um this was on the sunday i believe and then i was like all right let's just test out core capacity really quick um oh, well, i don't want to say non-existent but close to <laughs> i'm like all right you're probably going to be squatting close to you know 250 kilos but you don't you can't really hold do a scoop hold. this is no what yes was, maybe what division no i'm not, I'm not, saying, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not saying anything not, not naming names but um it's just really interesting to see that yeah sure a lot of the powerlifters can be super robust in their like large muscle groups but their intrinsics or whatever just aren't like or cannot even, tolerate or anything. even like um strong in a static position but in only one plane yeah, exactly. That's really important, which uh, we'll talk about later. Central so point. the common things we see, common lower back injuries in the gym, we definitely saw a lot of lower back, right, at the powerlifting comp, a lot of facet joint or zygopophyseal joint. Yep, a lot of those. Um, 
The back is obviously put into a lot of extension and sustained position during the bench press. It's a lot of axial loading as well, all right? So... Yeah. Well, that means a spinal load. Just load on the spine. That's yeah, what it means. spinal load. And a lot of the lower back injuries you might experience in that moment, kind of, you don't know what's going on. It's very hard to diagnose. Is it a disc? Is it a facet? Is it a muscle strain? It's too hard. It's easy just to say it's a strain. You've strained your back somehow. Whereas what, what the exact tissue is... It's way too hard to say. And anyone that says you can be really specific and like with your assessment and diagnosis of the particular tissue that caused pain is probably talking out their ass just because there are way, way too many causes of lower back pain. It is very multifactorial. There is a lot of things that go into it acutely as well. Um, there's no focal point of pain. It's, it's a wide distribution. So, And there are so many different structures that could be that are all innovated by nociceptors. So it's so hard to say. And there's tests that can give you like false positives where like there's a lot of inflammation present as well. So it's just way too, too hard. And there's, um, uh, I forgot who said it, but someone said that, no, it's not called non-specific lower back pain because we don't know what it is. It's non-specific lower back pain because there are so many different considerations and it's so multifactorial and lots of different potential contributing factors and, potential uh pain uh causing t- like pain innovative like tissues yeah or no susceptibility innovative tissues that could be causing the pain so it's not like we don't know it's just there is so many we can't 100 percent say i can kind of contest that a little bit like mm. i definitely do believe at some point you can tell during the prognosis that it could be likely linked to a specific structure but like evidently, like a, a a QL tear, like a lower back yeah. QL tear, is going to show up as you know a QL tear under imaging, right? That's if you get an image. I'm that's, talking and about. That's another thing. I'm talking about like in person, hands on testing. In it's person, too hard. hands on testing. But not an yeah. X ray. We can't. We're not Superman. Yeah, exactly. Can't right. see through the tissue. Yeah, I know. Of course you can. Not. You can definitely um, bias particular structures, and you can um, really narrow down. The structures yeah, that and, are causing and half pain of what with we your do, assessment of history, yeah. Yeah, when a patient comes in, especially with acute lower back pain, like I see people coming in three days, even up to one day after an injury, mm. and it's like, oh, I think I've done a disc. Oh, I think I've done this. And I'm like, whoa, slow down, mate. Let's just dial back the symptoms. That's like the, the primary acute goal and the short-term goal is symptom management. Mm-hmm. All right, return to normal movements, return to range of motion, all that good stuff we yeah. talked about before. But... Like, yeah, you're exactly right. There is so much going on in the acute phase. It's so hard to tell. But, like, I think after about six to eight weeks, even to 12 weeks, you can kind of figure out, okay, if it's not healing, possibly it's a discogenic. They're getting sensory referral. They're getting weakness. They're getting, like, neuro- like neurological symptoms. Yeah, at that point, it's a little bit different because... And then you've got, like, like we were talking before, like, a lot of extension kind of pain. Yeah, so if it's mostly, like, extension, like, McKenzie's, Quadrant Test, like, all that kind of stuff, well, then... You could probably, and it's not neurally. And what Michael's saying is, when you kind of lean your back, when you're leaning back and you're like really extending, and like you're arching it, that's that's causing more pain. Yeah. yeah, so that could be more a jointy issue, and rather than if you're flexing forward, like trying to slouch down in your chair, if that causes a little bit of pain, that's most that could and, be. And even then, like disc. your body will find natural resting positions to be into post injuries. So, like sometimes, I mean, I've seen people disc injuries prefer to be in flexion. It's really odd. Yeah, so that's the thing. That's what I'm trying. Like, what I'm also saying is that you can't, uh, because like all these injuries don't operate the exact same way 100 percent of the time with uh, all of the patients. They're and you always think about individual. what does the patient do for work? 
we know, how yeah. many steps they're getting through the day. What else yeah. are they contributing to load? Are they the flexion day? intolerant? Are they extension intolerant? Basically, like, uh, yeah, are they preferring one position or are they there too much? Are they overcompensating in that position? Yeah. Are they underutilizing the antagonistic or the opposite position? It's so multifaceted. It's multi exactly. I love lower back injuries. Yeah. I, don't like, I don't like getting it myself, but I love dealing with them. Oh, I hate lower back injuries. <laughs> like, like, in terms of, like, getting them myself, they're a bitch. But so, it, they, they always heal. They always heal. There's always light at the end of the tunnel and you can always get better. It's more. Ma- it's just a matter of fact of finding what works for you. Simple. And on that note, like, what would you give these guys, you know, obviously I was there the same day with you, but mm. like, what were you giving the people that you saw coming to see you during the powerlifting meet? They've come in, hey, I've strained my back. Hey, I felt a pop. I still want to compete. Like, what was your advice and what did you treat? How did you treat? So, most of the time... And we do this in footy as well, especially like during like during a game. Um, is if someone comes up to us and is like, "Oh, this feels a little bit weird," um, and it's niggly, and just like a little bit sore or something like that. So, for example, during a squat, a few people came up to me and they said, "Oh, my lower back's like a little bit sore." So immediately, just a quick thirty second to a minute assessment, see how their extension is, how their flexion is. Like you know, obviously trying to rule out ob- those obvious red flags and anything serious, any serious underlying pathology or anything insidious and get that out of the way first. So if we can clear that, we can go, all right, this person might still be okay to like keep competing if we can manage their pain well. So after that was all good and we, let's say we cleared red flags, I would basically go and try a couple of movement-based interventions really quick first. So one to two exercises really quick, 30 seconds each, see if it made a quick difference reassess if it didn't they're like oh that actually feels a little bit better i'm like okay cool so that's great i lie in your stomach let's say if they've got like you know lower back or erector tightness i'll quickly flush through their erectors so what that means is like quick light um soft tissue work just like through the erectors maybe the ql maybe glute just very 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 lightly nothing crazy just to make them feel a little bit better put deep heat on within all that time that they've come and seen me to when they go back out on the platform it's been about four or five minutes and they're like, and if they're feeling like I asked them at the, like the end again, I'm like, yeah, I already test that painful movement that you came to me. Cause they usually bend over in a particular way. Like, oh, that hurts. I'm like, okay, we do that exact same movement at the end. How do you feel? Oh, a little bit better. All right, sweet. Go out there. And then if the coach has got like some sneaky Voltaren or ibuprofen in the, or Diclofenac or whatever in, yeah. the, in, the, in the backpack, um, I just go, I, I, I just yeah. kind of like turn my head and go, all right, well, um, you know, what about any core stability stuff? Um, so we did like a lot of kind of, you know, dead bugs and, you know, potentiation of like core, just trying to get it. I don't want to, I don't like saying firing, but for lack of a better term, just get it firing. Just, getting engaged. Just getting engaged. Just, just maybe they didn't, you know, they rushed through their prep work. They might've been a little bit um, like nervous. And especially at a so. powerlifting meet, like if you're, if you're used to having a specific rehab slash warm-up routine like whenever i whenever i've competed like not all gyms will have the same equipment they might not all have like a back extension machine to be able to do back extensions on yeah exactly. or like a glute hand development machine so they might have to like improvise or macgyver their particular rehab or or warm-up but then again are they even bracing properly with their squats like exactly but then if it's a technique issue right yeah so it's all about if someone came to me like during the competition or during like a footy game, it's about pain management, seeing how they can perform during There's that day. There's nothing you're going to do in terms of technique no. on the no, day no, no, no. make a difference. It's nothing It's nothing like that at all. It's about 
just what can we do to get like you know manage the pain mitigate the risk of injury as much as possible on the day get them back out there and get them performing as best as they possibly can and then afterwards get them to come in then you start the rehab process like if it is if it actually is a proper injury and be like all right Let's have a look at your technique. Let's break it down a little bit more. Let's see where the cause is rather than just being symptomatic. Yeah, give them really some living. insights to what they need to prepare for in the off-season as well. And that's the thing with the powerlifting meet. So I don't know if the listeners here know much about powerlifting, but with a meet, you essentially are preparing for a day where you and all these other lifters kind of meet up and show off their you know new gathered strength or just their best attempts between the squat, bench, and deadlift. You get three attempts at each and you take the heaviest attempt out of all three and you accumulate a total uh, and it's like a really cool day but it's a lot of strain on your body because you are maxing out on the squat that's a lot of axial slash you know skeletal and spinal loading you get a lot of um and lower back as well during bench press you see a lot of people with the exorcist arch i call it like yes. a uh, super high arch it's and the no uh, rom arch <laughs> the no rom arch the no rom bench yeah. press so they'll come to me and they say oh my back hurts and I'll put them in a, like, into like a, a pose position, like a, like a camps or something. Yeah. And then they, they say, oh, that's painful. And I'm like, yeah, well, when you're benching, you're literally just relying on your, your spine to hold you in that position rather than, you know, getting your glutes engaged as well. Yeah. And then deadlifts just to top it off is the, the CNS overload. So it's a big day for a lot of lifters on that. Yeah. But it was a good day nevertheless. I saw a lot of, uh, obviously, I was with you, so I saw a lot of lower backs as well. I had a uh, master's lifter come in from America. Yeah, USAPL Nationals is a uh, international event, and then she's like, "Oh, could you give me a back crack?" And I was like, "Yeah, okay, sure." Yeah, right. It's like fifty-four year old, like master's Whoa. lifter. <laughs> Whoa, back! Oh wow, yeah, no. wow, wait. And she wanted it, so I was like, "Okay, well, I told her, you know, it's probably not gonna make a big difference between now and the meet, but whatever." Mm. Um, and then yeah, like all in all, a good day. But I saw a lot of people getting a lot of muscle, like a not muscle muscle cramps from cutting weight aggressively you see that one guy oh yeah yeah so there was one guy four times he came to me four times yeah so he was cramped uh, no so there was another one there was another one it was um so this other yeah it was really really hot in the day it was a yeah very it was rare, like 35 actually, degree yeah day. really hot summer day in melbourne yeah. it's pissing down currently which is horrible but there was one guy who was cramping so hard so he was on the floor um we helped to help him take off his knee sleeves we I quickly gave him the rest of my Gatorade. <laughs> and what did you give like a zinc magnesium tablets or something? Or so he had a tablets? salt tablet. <laughs> he had a salt tablet. Um, gave him the rest of my Gatorade for like just to quickly smash the electrolytes, get those in his system as quick as possible, and then gave him the physio cream and just DP just to try and relax the muscle as much as possible. I think it was his first meet because USAPO Nationals didn't require. Not I, sure. I believe he won did... though. Yeah, he won, which was amazing. Yeah, uh, yeah. So he, he cramped horrifically over. After squats in his quads, it was everywhere. It was back. It was like quads, calves. Yeah, it was like he's the worst one. Was like his his um, VM, no oh, VM, VM like a ductor region kind of thing. Which is yeah. ramping like crazy, and he pulled sumo as well. Oh. So he was like really, really worried about that. But like, oh, no, it's like no, you'll be fine. You will manage. Just the pain. switch to the real stance midway. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and yeah. <I> sumo. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of controversial. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna comment. Hey, I've got a photo where my, I pull more range of motion, like the range of motion. In my finished position for lockout, it's higher in my sumo than my, my conventional. Yeah, so therefore you're... Is your sumo, sumo really cheating? It? Absolutely not. No, sumo's not cheating. <laughs> sumo's not cheating at all. I still have like a lot of range of motion to go through. Yeah. Unlike the zero ROM sumo pullers out there. But uh, on that topic with like injuries and powerful meets, 
uh, rehab, warm up, and like injury or injuries we see with with lifters. Do you feel like there's a little bit of like a fragility mindset in the lifting community nowadays, especially yeah, sure. with like absolutely. social media being so prevalent? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Everyone overcomplicates things now. I hate all, it. I all fucking the time. hate it. It's just like no one, no one tries to achieve the low hanging fruit, which we'll talk about in the next episode. But, um. Yeah, no one, every, everyone tries to overcomplicate over things. They try and put an RPE and a percentage on absolutely fucking everything, but they do that all while resting 15 minutes between sets and eating like shit. But also not understanding that physiology happens for a reason and body yeah. will adapt and, you know, we're designed to be moving and if you're sitting and sitting down or lying in your bed for eight hours a day because you do nothing mm. and then you go train, of course, you're going to, you know... Oh, yeah, absolutely. But then there's like... That's what... Yeah, the social media here is, has just really exacerbated all these different nocebos. So, ah, yes. Nice. Yeah, ah, you cheeky boy. My, my favorite my favorite word at the moment. It's his um, new favorite word from the... <laughs> from the event. <laughs> from the, the, the from seminar, seminar that I came back from. <laughs> but I, I used to use this like a fair... No, I still use it. I, I just use it a lot more now. But, um, but it is... Yeah, it's come to light that, you know, because of social media during like, and within the lifting community that there is a lot more uh, fear inducing language and behavior that has been like, pushed oh, you out can't there. bend from your lower back, can we? No, you can't bend from your lower back. You're not allowed to do this. So I pretend like, you know, and when I say these things, I'm talking about the professionals that aren't the best ones, uh, you know, so people or like physios that may have said, oh, like, no, you'll never be able to lift again. You know, you shouldn't squat for the rest of your life. Or GP like the doctor episode. I went to when yeah. I was uh, 16. Yeah. I was like, fuck so, you, just to wait. Yeah, so all these doctors, surgeons, physios that have been saying this, and like, like I'll preface this by saying there are fantastic physios, um, osteos, you know, chiro surgeons, everyone that I actually look up to and learn a lot from. I'm not talking about these guys, but there are a lot of like people in these particular professions that have said, really negative comments and fe- and basically induce fear into a lot of their patients saying your back's uh, like, oh no, your back's kind of like screwed. Like, you, oh, you need surgery or you, there's a lot of degeneration I've there. Had a, and, I've had a fair few patients stuff. at my work come in saying, oh, I've needed to have, you know, lower back, like a, you know, microdisectomy, like a back surgery or cervical uh, fusion. Yeah. And I'm like, why? And then we, we I, I say to I preface them saying, hey, okay, before you go in for surgery, you've had two surgical recommendations already. Before you go into surgery, let's do four to six weeks of just general strength conditioning for the neck or the lower back. And like, not one patient has had to have surgery after that. Yeah, but there you go. But like, that's that's just what I'm talking about. So it all buys into that that same kind of mindset now. No, it's like the fragility that you were talking about yeah. is that nowadays everyone, well, sorry, a lot of people are being told by certain health professionals, it's not okay to lift. It's not okay to move. It's not okay to exercise. It's not okay to exercise with pain. And it's all bullshit. It is all bullshit. You are 100% allowed to train if within you do have an, if you know, yeah, within your pain tolerance, if you have a niggle, if you have an injury, literally rehab is training in the presence of injury. That's what it is. And yeah, it's just getting a, a lot worse, a lot worse nowadays. I definitely feel like there is a, yeah, like Shane Hunt, for example, he's one of my coaches and he's been coaching me through my last meet prep. He had a pretty significant lower back injury. And um, on that note, like he didn't really do any particular, like I'll be talking to him and he didn't really do any particular like rehab exercise for it, but he kind of just said, you know, fuck this fragility mindset. I can still move. I can still, there is still so much that I can do 
while having this lower back pain. I could still do reverse sled pulls. I could still bench press. I could still squat a certain load. I just can't really deadlift. And he, you know, what he did was he really uh, honed in on those particular skills of what he could do. And this sort of fragility mindset of, oh, I'm not going to train deadlifts today because my back is feeling like two, three out of 10. Let's be real here. If anyone knows me and what I've, you know, what my injury was this year, I'm pretty much a two, three out of 10 pain most days of the week, even when training. But, you know, I do all the corrective load management skills required to manage that pain. Um, and I come out of deadlift session feeling great. I go to deadlift se- into the deadlift feeling a little bit, eh. But afterwards, I feel pretty fantastic. There's no back pain at all. So yeah. I just don't like the fragility mindset that I see a lot in powerlifters. Oh, I can't do this because I'm really, really sore. I have to spend 40 minutes doing my rehab. Otherwise, I'm not going to have a good deadlift session. In all honesty, all I did was just walk around more and walk up hills more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's like the biggest thing. Like walking up hills and reverse sled pulls and just getting more overall movement throughout the day made the biggest dividends compared to doing my... You know, McKenzie, McGill's, all those other methods, all those, you know, core stability, like they're, they're there for a reason. But at the end of the day, I think for me, what I need was just, just more movement. Exactly. The only bad load is the load that you're not prepared for. It's by Tim Garrett. Um, but yeah, so I'm the exact same. So I injured my back deadlifting. doesn't mean deadlifting is a bad exercise. It just no, means... No, deadlifting is a terrible no, exercise. It just you, means... you just said you injured your no, back. It, <laughs> I'm no, joking. No, what? What the fuck are you talking You're an idiot. Shut up. No, but like, <laughs> I was literally <laughs> like, no, it's like not the load that's the problem it's the load that you're not prepared for so yep. deadlifting i hurt my back deadlifting right it's not the deadlift that's the bad exercise it's me not being prepared for that particular load that i was trying to lift i fucking 100 was trying to ego it there's no there's no doubt about it there's 220 for three reps i was looking like a fucking fishing rod is that all <laughs> all right all right tiny <laughs> shut the fuck up this 85 kilo I'm, I'm bigger than you shut up um <laughs> so but that's the thing now i come back and no belt no nothing no, yeah i no, saw that yeah so just overhang or oh, it was hook grip hook grip yeah but then i did two sets of 200 kilograms for four reps yeah no belt much better form no pain and, and that's another thing beltless training compared to belted training when injured so when i get people coming in especially patients who say oh, I, I hurt my back deadlifting and they're like oh I kind of don't want deadlifts. I'm like, well, no, actually, we are going to do deadlifts. That's the first thing I get them doing. And I get them doing deadlifts beltless because it creates yeah. a mindset that they aren't fucking fragile. Yeah, and exactly. They can't rely on a belt as a crutch. It's keeping of- them accountable. They are robust. They they can use their natural brace, right, to protect themselves. And they are really strong. The guy who hurt. holds the deadlift world record, world record is like under 100 kilos, did it beltless. He did it sumo with straps, but beltless. And no deadlift suit, and he didn't get to 220 kilos with obesity to do it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you fucking go. But yeah, no, that's what I mean. So it's basically like you can you, you can come back to these exercises that have previously injured you, but all you need to do is take a look back and then work on the things that you're basically not good at or that you don't have, and then build them back up, and then you can revisit the thing that you potentially gave you a little bit of grief beforehand and you can be better at it than you were 100%. beforehand. Like when That's I injured I my back, I worked up to 210 on a stiff bar beltless for nine. And like, at that point, that was probably the strongest my deadlift 120 ever 120 kilos? 120? Sorry? On the bar, 120 kilos? Was it? 210. Oh, 210. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah, thought so. What do you mean? No, that's can, you, right. can, you even bench <laughs> one, can you even bench 120? Of course I can bench 120. Go fuck yourself. What's your bench max? 145. At what body weight? I don't fucking know. <laughs> When was that? When was that? So when was that? That was like a year. And a year a ago. And you haven't touched it since. A year and a half ago? I was 85. Oh. I was your body weight. 
Yeah, nice. Yeah, that's right. You got nothing to say. I hit nothing. 150 at 84. I don't care. <laughs> I'm also not a powerlifter, by the way. Yeah. So going back to like, you know, the common lower back injuries we see in the gym, definitely a mix. And it's very hard to diagnose exactly what's going on. You really need to kind of think about symptom management, load management, and re like reintegration of certain movement patterns. And getting that, basically getting that patient back into training as their primary goal, regardless of what's happening. But you do need to be keeping that in the back of your mind for the rehab plan, especially with like neurological conditions. That's a, that's probably the hardest one I'd say, like with the muscle weakness and the neurological conditions. But yeah, it's all just it's all goal orientated. If someone absolutely. wants to run, you get them back running, or you help them try to get back running. If they want to deadlift again, you help them trying to get because you to can give again. them any textbook, cookie cutter, you know, protocol, core stability, spinal stability, you know biased position but you got to find what works for the patient for me i did all that it was okay but like i said i had things like um because i do wrestling as well like more explosive mood just getting more movement Mm. rather than being in a static position for rehab yeah absolutely because that's what you need yeah right so you need to be exposed to that load and get prepared for that load so that you can help mitigate the risk when you're put under more load in similar positions. I love giving powerlifters like anti-rotation and rotational drills and like plyometrics. They like they think they don't need it, but no, of course they need it. They need they, it. hundred percent. They knew they need this, this this movement prep. And I gave uh, so not going to name names, but I gave a couple of like my uh, clients or athletes mates um, hip lock drills. Now, for those of you who don't don't know what that is, it's a a term that's like made by Franz Bosch. And it's basically a position that someone can use or use that mimics sprinting, for example, but it really utilizes the lateral and outside hip, right? So, and it's fantastic. And I gave it to a couple of my palaces and I thought it was really, really good. And they tried it out. They had a little bit of knee pain at the time, did it before squatting, hit a PB that day. I think, yeah, you got to really... F- encourage people to kind of step out of their box and expose them to a new realm of what the body is capable of doing because if you kind of just get stuck into this little you know tunnel vision of oh i can only squat i can only bench i can only deadlift running's gonna kill my cardio oh can't do this can't do that again what does that lead into the fragility mindset the body exactly. is a very very fucking intense unit like your yeah. body will adapt to any load you can give yeah don't subscribe to what these other like people have told you just because they think it's correct you're allowed to do cardio you're allowed to go and do explosive plyometric movements and stuff like that you're just you have to just prepare yourself that's all it is and, and that's like, gonna yeah. like bullet, not bulletproof you don't i don't i don't like the term bulletproof it's a nice it's, you're, it's an you're, easy you're way you're cladding yeah. yourself with armor right? yeah that sounds way more metal but yeah. you <laughs> if, if you could do if you put your body and expose your body to more stuff like when i do rucking or wrestling i'm exposing my body to more stimulus my body's going to be able to handle sudden unpredictable loads way way better than someone who just does just static lifting and I think on that note, like we could talk about this for ages. Mm, like, we definitely can. We could go through any rehab plan we wanted to. We can go through any sort of protocol. But I think the general consensus is to kind of get rid of that fragility mindset. Yeah. For one. Teach people that movement is medicine and that we can basically prepare them for the load. And like exercise and load is not scary. I've been doing reverse sled pulls in the gym. Now I'm seeing so many people doing it. And I fucking love it. Cause Good. Yeah. It's such a low impact thing. But it's you're, you're literally walking backwards with like i do 200 kilos but you know with the weight that's going to help you so much 
and just getting your general preparedness going. So, yeah, but on. Michael, did you have a good time at the seminar? I did have a good time at the seminar. That is going to be the topic of our next episode. That is the topic of our next episode, episode four. The Roundtable of Rehab. Oh, fuck, that was in sync. That was actually pretty good. <laughs>